0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A blessed new year to you all, and since today is the first day of the year, a blessed celebration of the circumcision and naming of our Lord to you all. I think it's safe to say that when we think of what are the important days in the church year, this particular feast, the Feast of the Circumcision and Naming of Our Lord, It's probably not the first one that pops into any of our minds. In fact, it might not be the second or third or fourth either. In fact, especially for us, making a big deal celebrating this feast of the circumcision and naming of Jesus may seem a bit odd or even awkward. I don't know how many of you might have a kid ask you when you get home, what is circumcision? And yet, this day, is one of the principal feasts of Christ. It is ranked in terms of the church year as just as important as the baptism of our Lord, the transfiguration, or the Feast of All Saints Day. And another thing that kind of stands about this day is a little bit unusual, is that our gospel reading, which we just heard, was only one single verse. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And yet, even though it's just one single verse, this verse beautifully expresses that in Christ, and precisely because he is circumcised and named Jesus on the eighth day, he is fulfilling in himself all of the law and the prophets. St. Paul put it this way, in his letter to the Galatians, just a few verses, actually, after our epistle reading this morning, where he writes, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus is circumcised that he might fulfill the covenant that was made with Abraham and the law given through Moses. Now, if you sit down and read the Old Testament, and you don't know about Jesus, you can get some pretty funny ideas. You would learn a lot of things about God, and yet you would probably get a lot of it wrong. And there's ample evidence for this in our world. Not only Jews, but also Muslims, accept the Old Testament, more or less. And yet, they both believe in a very different God, than the one that we worship. We Christians believe and rejoice in the Old Testament as the Word of God, and we do so precisely because we know that it is fulfilled, brought to its fullness in Christ Jesus. And so this feast, Jesus' circumcision, says, don't throw out the Old Testament and everything in it. It's all about Jesus. So now come and see what he is like, and then you will properly understand all that has come before. We must read and receive the Old Testament as the Word of God, and we must read and receive it through Jesus, the one who is the Word of God, become flesh. When you read in the Gospels, Jesus is constantly challenging the Pharisees and their reading of the Old Testament. If you read through St. Paul's church, he is constantly addressing difficulties, arguments, major fights in the church over understanding and implementing the Old Testament and Jewish tradition in the life of the church. It's a struggle that continued for centuries. And whether we realize it or not, we ourselves continue to live in this struggle today. Many, many times, popular Christian images of who God is and how he relates to us and to the world are far more rooted in a misreading of the Old Testament than they are in the person of Jesus Christ. If you read the Old Testament, you might think, as many do, that the kingdom of God will come by force and violence, by the killing of our enemies. And yet when you see Jesus, then you know that his kingdom has come by his suffering and death. If you read the Old Testament, you might think, as many do, that the kingdom of God will bring success and prosperity to those who work hard, and work hard at doing God's will. But then you see Jesus, and you know that the kingdom of God comes with humility, and even in giving up all you have, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him. If you read the Old Testament, you might think, as many do, that the kingdom of God looks like a rule of law and society ordered by religion. And yet, when you see Jesus, you know that the kingdom of God looks like his disciples loving one another as he has loved them. It looks like all of you, the church. If you read the Old Testament, you might think, as many do, that God is an angry judge full of wrath and hatred. But when you see Jesus and you hear him say that he does nothing except what he sees the Father doing, you know that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has his good will of love and salvation for you. And indeed, Jesus' circumcision speaks to this love of God in a very particular way. For we are told that on this day, as was the custom when you were circumcised, Jesus received his name. And the name given by God for his Son, born of Virgin Mary, is Jesus, which means the Lord saved. And it's no accident that on the day when he receives this name, Jesus the Lord saves, it is also the day on which his blood is first shed. And so this day points us to the greater shedding of his blood on the cross, where Jesus fulfills the whole of the scriptures and perfect love towards God and towards us. For Jesus is the one whose blood sets us free to be God's people of a better covenant, one that has the circumcision of our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. And yet, on this day, it is not only that we see this foreshadowing of Jesus' blood shed for us, but also that by being circumcised, he is taking upon himself the whole of the law. He becomes on this day an Israelite, a member of the people of Israel, one bound by the law, the Torah given by God through Moses. And Jesus keeps this law perfectly. And he keeps it not only for himself, but most especially for you. He keeps the law so that you might then be clothed with his righteousness. We call this his obedience, his active obedience, that Jesus does what you cannot do. He keeps the law and then gives that righteousness, that faithfulness to the covenant of God. He gifts it to you in your baptism so that you are clothed with his righteousness and stand before God without fear. And so how much more fitting could it be then that on this eighth day after Jesus' birth, the day on which he is circumcised and named, the day when the kingdom of God comes among us in the flesh and blood of Jesus, that this day is also our own celebration of the new year. For here we have the ultimate thing that is made new, that in Jesus' blood, by his perfect righteousness, you are renewed before God to live before him in righteousness and purity forever. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.